Welcome to Almost Focus. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Matt. And today is a unique podcast for us. We're not talking about video games. No, we're going to talk about hobbies. Our hobbies that are not video games yes. or this podcast. The one of them that we have between us. What? We've, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we apparently have multiples I each, missed, which... I missed the notes here. It was stunning to me. I didn't realize we I did anything else. I didn't realize we had three hobbies that we shared that weren't video games. We do. Well, we're going to talk about them. We are? That's the plan. Oh. So what's what's up first? Uh, you know, I think today we're, we just said we we're going to talk about drawing a little bit. Well, we had an originally scheduled this as a talk about drawing cast, but we realized neither of us know, <laughs> shit, know about shit about drawing. drawing. So we're going to spend like five to eight minutes doing that. Just drawing. It's going to be... Five to eight minutes of silence <laughs> while we draw. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a performance piece that we've been working on together called uh, Five to Eight Minutes of Drawing. Yeah. Um, um, audio only. Yeah. Cat, get away from that piece of plastic. Uh, <laughs> that's the alternative title. Yes. Um, so drawing, I think, you know, at some point we might have, we both have a couple artist friends. We'll have them on and yeah. do a, like, hey, expert, tell us about drawing for money. What's that like? What What is that like? <laughs> it's like some kind of magical realm. Uh, and then what else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about... We've got some D&D news. Yeah. You're going to run a campaign, so we're going to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, I think we'll do that last. Spoilers there. Uh, yeah, no spoilers on that. Okay, okay. Um, what else? Do we have anything else we were going to talk about? Uh, programming. Like we both wrote some pr pretty programs. cool programs. I can talk about music a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, Let's kick it off with the drawing. Drawing. This was your idea originally, so yeah. I'm curious to hear what you wanted to say I, about drawing. I have been looking for some kind of artistic outlet for a while. I've done knitting. I've done... Did you crochet? I used to love to crochet when I was a little kid. I don't no, know why. No, mine was knitting. I have no idea why. Uh, I liked it. I mean, it's, it's, it's very mechanical, mm -hmm. and so it's easy to like zone out, which also makes it really easy to fuck up. Well, and it's also something that you have a object that you've produced at the end of which, which is always very fulfilling. Yeah, and I had um, locally, I had a, a, f a friend who was an is an amazing knitter, um, uh, Liz Hartman, who really helped me out. Like, gave, basically, came up with on the fly and gave me the plan for this hat I was going to make, which I made, um, and uh, it was all right. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Did it keep your head warm? It it did that. Well, there you go. That's uh, it was a, a little lumpy hat. in weird places. You know what? That gave I it made character. it, and it was great. But uh, yeah, I think the cover for this one should be your lumpy hat. I have a picture. Oh, we should make a montage of all our goofy-looking shit that we've built. Sure. I'll shoot the, sh <laughs> the picture of the sign-in screen from my web app that I was, I'm going to talk um, about. I've did I, other art stuff. I've done um, clay 
like dioramas i've done paper art i've done all this stuff and just not none of it's really clicked and i've started drawing what made you decide to start drawing um mostly you doing it and also um you know i'm getting up there and in eight i don't have time to fuck around anymore i'm getting old you i'm know. like you know <laughs> almost 30 when a man reaches a certain age he realizes it's time to like buckle down and and actually start doing something so i've been doing a draw every day thing well uh, you've been trying on hobbies for a while right yeah like basically you i saw you go through four or five different things in the last that year maybe surprise me um there was drawing there was some music. There I've was done. some music stuff. You tried the improv. I'm still doing the improv. Yeah, I'm just saying that's another thing you tried. There was some other stuff that you were you were trying out um, that you kind of fizzled out on. But it's you, not uncommon. You've been really um, embracing the drawing. It's I, I haven't. None of the other hobbies seem to have caught you quite like this one. Has. I like drawing because it's quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 constant. It's heavy concentration in a way that's completely different than the kind of concentration I do at work. Yeah. Um, so that makes it very relaxing. It's a very meditative. I'm not sure if that had enough itatives, but meditative process. It is, and it's um, it's fulfilling when you finish something, even if it's not what you necessarily wanted it to look like. You know, it's, um, like I said, I've been doing it every day for a while, uh, probably about 40, 50 days now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've seen some real improvement. Just, yeah, you, just you improve it. quickly. Uh, something I think is really interesting about drawing is it has an effect that's one of my favorite types of sort of effects. Cat, get away from the power strip. Um, for a hobby to have, which is that I can actually feel my mind changing in certain ways. Like last night... I'm working on a character for our D&D &D stuff. I'm starting to put him together, and I'm doing, like, studies for it. And last night, for the first real time, I think, since I've started drawing, I was really able to, like, sit there and visualize the image as I would have be drawing it. You know, I was able to kind of yeah. pre-visualize the act of putting the pencil on the paper. And that's a kind of mental growth that, like playing a musical instrument i think gives you with the way you feel your right. body yeah um that is really fulfilling yeah it's definitely interesting in that in that sense a lot of stuff i've read has talked about how yeah there's definitely a mechanical aspect of drawing but most of it is about improving your perception and and when you can improve the way that you can perceive something in your mind that really will help translate to your pencil drawing what you're trying to accomplish so this this points at something i mean i do a lot of yoga that's probably another major hobby of mine yeah is i do yoga quite a bit and a lesson i've really learned there that i think applies very well to drawing is that it's where the body and the mind meet right the pe the tip of your pencil is yeah. where your mind and your body meet to perform an action and it's there's muscle memory there's how you hold a pencil, there's a lot of physical technique in the way you approach the paper, the way you hold things. I mean, yeah. there really is a huge breadth of um, technical fine-tuning that can happen there. And But at the same time, what, what we've been talking about is this perceptive aspect and this mental ability to um, 
deal with fire alarms. That's our. This was our theme song early on for those of you who yeah. are longtime listeners. Was uh, pre pre Emma's DC emergency. That was the name of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um, so I, I think it's very cool in that regard. Yeah, I, I agree so too. I agree. I like that phrase. I agree, I agree so, so too. too. Um, I had something else I wanted to say about drawing, but I can't particularly remember what it is. Oh, other than, than practice I've found has really, I mean, there's the perception element, but the practice is really what's important. Like for me anyway, I, you know, maybe there are some people who can just look at a bunch of pictures of hands and get better at drawing hands, but really, like, the the going to it every day, I think, has been what's really helped me get better. Yeah, I, I think it's a um, probably a non-linear growth path for both faculties, and yeah. I think the reality is that you're actually not growing one of them at a time, you're you're building up this skill that is called drawing that sort right. of consists of a bunch of interwoven subsystems, right? There's Perception. the mechanical, your ability to perceive light and dark, your, you know, a, a lot of things having to do with depth and... Yeah, the way that you're, like, rendering 2D so that it looks three-dimensional. And your mental concepts of what, uh, you know, perspective is and things right, like right. that. I mean, I... I think all of those things are interconnected and the physical practice I, I think is like the underlying component that attaches it all because at the end of the day if the skill is drawing the physical component is what puts the marks on the paper yeah and all of those other systems sort of rely on that yeah um well, i also think there's an element of technique that you can't learn without practice well absolutely absolutely yeah um all right, so we've we've hit our, our drawing. I think so. We'll post some pictures of. We're gonna post some stuff about what we've been working yeah, on. Yeah, I've I've done some paintings too. Yeah. So we'll we'll throw a couple of things up on the links so that people can see them if they're interested. Uh, I guess we should talk about programming next. Yeah, I I don't want to talk about this too long since it's like my job and everything. Um, but it, we were talking about this and realized like, oh, we've both written some pretty cool programs just kind of on the side here. Um, so why don't you tell me about yours? So I'm working on something called Walking Buddha. I, uh, was raised Tibetan Buddhist, fun fact for the listeners there. Um, but what it does basically, uh, is simulates on your mobile phone the act of walking around a, um, Buddhist shrine known as a stupa i'm not sure if shrine's the right word i'm not really a practicing buddhist anymore this is a project i'm doing for my mom it's a form of meditation right yeah med you pray in real the real world you would walk around one of these and pray and they're very holy sites they have like dead the bones of dead teachers in them and blah 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 i've seen this practice in christianity a little bit like, yeah i i don't really know where there they, are they analogs but it's definitely like a tradition lifted from Buddhism, though. Like, well, I, I think it's a, yeah, I, I think it's a very um, Asian region sort of, you know, uh, blend of practices because Hinduism is part of that, and mm. you know, there's they yeah. all kind of fed one another. But uh, anyway, it it 
takes like a video of that and I'm working on linking it to your GPS. So the video, um, proceeds at the same rate that you're walking. Oh, that's cool. So the idea is it simulates you walking around these and offers you a selection of them from various locations in the world where we can build up these videos from and a bunch of different prayer texts and everything like that so that you can do these sort you know, if you don't have one available to you, you can yeah. still walk around this shrine. Um, and the idea is, you know, uh, the funds from it would go to help support stupa construction is, is the goal for the project. Cool. Um, so it's been gestating for a long time. Uh, this is a old project that I've never really made much real progress on, but recently I started digging into it and started setting up the web interface for management of content, um, so that we can do that in an easy way. And then the app will come next. Yeah. Well, and, and it was fun because I was, I was walking around Central Park and getting tons of messages from you about, about setting up the web application, which is, is one of the hardest parts of, of any app is like the first kind of getting it started yeah. part. And that's I, where you always run into the weird issues. I've written a fair bit of JavaScript, although I'm no JavaScript ninja in any way, but I've written client apps in JavaScript. I wrote yeah. a whole, I did a bunch of work in a, uh, mapping system that did data visualizations of, of map data. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I've got some JavaScript experience and the Scala template stuff. I mean, play, I'm using the play framework. It's been very easy. Yeah. Uh, except for this deploy phase, which was kind of a pain. The deploy phase is one of those things, no matter, no matter what language you're using, they yeah. kind of, they just don't talk about it. Yeah. There's, it's because I guess it's so dependent on the configuration of other things. It's, they just leave it as this void, and it it's just sort of a random game of, like, find the random answer that works, you know? Yeah, and that's the that's the frustrating part. I think that stuff's getting easier, but at the same time... I mean, once you told me about the command that I needed to run to build the zip... <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> the deployable, yeah. Yeah, once you, once you told me what that deployable command was... The rest of it was simple. I put it on the server. I unzipped it. I ran the file. Bam. Yeah. You know, website was up. Crashed in like 10 seconds. But you know what? Hey. I'll, I'll take it going up. 10 seconds of, of, of app time. Of pure uptime. Um, yeah. If you only measure the lifespan of my app on those 10 seconds, I had 100% uptime. That's longer than some elements. <laughs> it's longer than many particles. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. So that's my main project, though. What have I, uh, you been working on? So, a little bit of background. My wife is a huge Disney fan. Huge. Very big Disney fan. Um, she collects Vinylmations, which are really cool. I don't even know what that is. They're, just, they're like little um, three-inch figurines, like plastic figurines. Cool. Or I guess they're vinyl figurines. They look they look really cool. Um, I like it. Um, she'll always be like, should I get this pack? I'm like, get three of them. <laughs> It's a great, it's, I love it. Um, but anyway, we're going to Disney World on her birthday this year, which she's very excited about. Um, we had planned on going a week earlier, but we had to move it. And so the way that the restaurant reservations go, work there is restaurant reservations open up 180 days in advance. And they sell, they, they book out up in about an hour yeah. for like the restaurants, really good restaurants, the ones we'd, we would want to go to. Um, so she had stayed up late 
did the reservations for the rest for the restaurant she wanted to go to. The one is the Be Our Guest, which is basically the restaurant inspired by Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. um, we went there for lunch, and it's fucking fantastic. Um, I can't even imagine it for dinner. Um, but we had to move it her, the vacation a week, so we had to lose our reservations. So she is pretty upset about this. Um, and we called the uh we called disney support and we're like can we are, do you guys have like a wait list or something that we can get on and like no we don't and when i was calling them kate was like tell them it's my dream to go to this place on my birthday M make sure to use the word dream a lot because that's how they work there <laughs> like i'm not i'm not saying that it's my wife's dream please, please you have to so understand basically like what i found out is when you call support they just go to the same website and use the same interface you do to check yeah. the reservations. And, you know, they don't have a separate system. Like, that's the system. So um, Kate's sitting there, and she's checking the website, basically, like, in her free time, just checking it. And she goes, hey, could you write a program to check this for me? Uh-huh. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, sure. Yeah, I can do that. So I, I wrote this program, and um, it's more complicated than it seems but of course it, it opens up a web browser navigates to the site clicks on a bunch of buttons fills out some text fields to do a search and then if there are results it sends her a text message oh cool and um actually this week past weekend um using this program we got dinner reservations for her birthday night that's uh that's a program oh sorry i got super distracted by how fucking cute my cat looks right now <laughs> That's ridiculous. So my primary hobby in life, everybody, is cat obsession. Right, right. I, I just want you to all to really understand, like, whatever else I may say today, cats. It's all about the cats. I don't have cats. That's, so. a, nice, uh, that's a nice simple example of the power of being able to program that really, I think yeah. really summarizes a lesson that a lot of people don't get, you know? It's, it's also a great, like, husband moment. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true like, as well. Oh, yeah, your man brought the reservation home for uh, you, huh? Brought it through. It's going to flex around the house a bit. <laughs> oh, you're such an alpha nerd. <laughs> um, all right, so so we're going to close the door on the programming discussion then. You know, bam, because you didn't want to do much of that. We're going to talk about how cute my fucking cats are. They are cute. And I think my cat allergy has actually like diminished greatly from just hanging out with them enough. You had mentioned that. Um, they're, uh, Goku doesn't really talk to me much, but Hecate is always like, hey, person, come pet me. Yeah, she's very She's doing that hungry. to Nathaniel right now. She's clawing at me and making me pet her. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's an attention-loving gal. Um, Goku's very friendly, too. He just is... I don't think he's unfriendly. No, no, he's a cat that will lay in the middle of the floor but wants you to come pet him. Right. He's right. not, he'll, he bothers me occasionally. Yeah. Um, particularly in the bathroom. Um, I won't go into more detail, but he likes you to hold him. I'll leave it to your imaginations, <laughs> listeners. Uh, but he's a very much come to me cat. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Um, all right. So close on D and D D and D. Tell me about your campaign. Uh, so we're doing a camp. I'm doing my, first i guess my first real campaign this is the first one you've run that i've heard about uh yeah um fifth edition D D. fifth edition D D. which i think we both really like 
Yeah, I basically am basing the entire campaign around a picture of a uh, raptor with a pug head that I drew. Pugosaurus. Pugosaurus. Um, uh, Pugosaurus I'm actually, Rex. I'm actually pretty excited about it. Um, I like I, this idea of like big monsters with tiny animal heads. Oh, the Pugosaurus has a, a, a head that's the same, like actually the right size for the body. Oh, it's just a pug. It's just a pug head. I see. Um, I mean, so like... A little bit of a spoiler, because I know Nathaniel's been not wanting me to spoil stuff, but but Pugasauruses are actually, like, not very aggressive. They'll bark at you, <laughs> but if you try to get near them, they'll just run away. Yeah. And they're yeah. very fast. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Um, That's not really a surprise. Well, no. I mean, if you know anything about Pugasaurus. Yeah. If you're, if you're a Pugasaurus, which my character is. Yeah, he yeah. is a Pugasaur. So tell us a little bit more. What's the goal in our uh, campaign? So we're we are, uh, I, I would say like there's there's kind of a balance in D and D campaigns I've played between like role playing and combat, and that those those things go up and down depending on who's running it. Uh, Nathaniel runs a very heavy role playing campaign to the point where I'm pretty sure our experience does not come from combat at all, but only through getting through story points. Yeah, experience is based on. Um, role-playing moments that are particularly funny and reaching uh key moments in gameplay yeah getting through solving a specific problem it can be through violence that's fine that's up to the players like i really am fine with you killing everything but typically i like to make situations that are difficult to do that too right and our last campaign where we were killing everything um one of us got reprogrammed and killed the entire team yeah that that's, was that was a good moment that's i love the line in the book that just said if you roll this, tell the game master, period, he will know what to do. <laughs> and you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I do know exactly what to do. Um, so I'm doing a more combat focused. Mm -hmm. And one thing, I'm, I, Nathaniel was not letting me look at the monster manual, the D&D monster manual, which is... You want to keep the curtain up, man. It's it, gorgeous. Oz is more fun when you don't know what's behind the, what's behind the curtain. It, it's go He's like, if you become a DM, you can look at the monster manual. So I'm looking through it. I'm like, uh, that was my way of getting you to DM. I was just like, you can't DM. You can't have the monsters. And you were like, I really want to look at the monster. I'm like, you can't unless you're a DM. Yeah, I'm basically like looking through it, being like, okay, a level six will fight this. Uh, a level eight will fight this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like coming up with story points to justify so fighting certain monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's basically a monster hunting campaign. Yeah. Um, and actually, the I do know there's a resource somewhere where the Monster Hunter game for DS, someone went and made D&D characters for oh, cool. all of the monsters. That's cool. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, we can, might, we might pull fight, some of them in. We might find one of those. That and would like, be horrible. One but person would know what that is. Uh, none of the monsters in that game are below CR 10. You don't think so? <laughs> but like the second boss you fight can fly has like a giant charging spear attack oh the celtus yeah yeah later in the game there's a boss that throws celtuses at you yeah anyway getting behind <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> yes the the D, D thing it's pretty exciting yeah i'm kind of I'm venturing out on my own oh i'm so excited i i have run almost every game i've been in for years so Whenever I find somebody willing to run a game, I, I encourage them. He's he's like, yeah, you can run the game, but we're still mostly gonna do the other campaign. <laughs> hey man, I I, I I have a plot. I mean, I did all this work. I want to see it through now. Yeah, would you like when you do a D and D campaign, you like 
do a, a like a huge epic plot and then start filling in little details. Yeah. I mean, we're I don't even think we're halfway through. No, no, you guys are hitting. You're just about to finish the first, first third. act. Yeah, yeah, the first act. It's like you're about two to three sessions from the end of the first act. Yeah, and we've we've already done like four or five sessions or something. I think you guys are at like six for that game. My character's already died. <laughs> Been replaced by his twin brother. Oh, pro tip. Don't infer that your DM is a butt face. That's all over the chat channel. Yeah, that's a good way to get your character replaced by his twin brother. His Who only difference is that he has a prolapsed anus. Yes. Viciously so. Um, yeah, so in your campaign, I am playing a dragonborn eldritch knight. I'm yeah. very excited for him. He is a he is a blue dragonborn who is all about the electricity. So um he Nathaniel has sent me probably pages of note character notes about this guy. Um compared it's, it's to like like five. Compared to the second plus two so seven pages of notes on this character. The second most notes I've gotten is one guy in our group going I think I'm gonna roll a rogue. <laughs> that that's where we're at right now. I love D and D, man. Someone, it's, what I'm, it's it's definitely I've been playing for like 20 years. Which one know? of these people used, is a DM mostly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a well-defined character. Yes, it's very gonna defined. Be, he's gonna be fun to play. He's an electricity spewing lizard man. Yeah, who loves children. Who loves children. And is wearing a salamander. <laughs> The end. <laughs> he is, in fact... There's wearing, a lot more there. We're just not going to get into it. He is wearing a salamander. I like I like that you put it that way, because now I have this image of him with, like, the salamander mouth open over the top of his head just laying there. You know, when, you, when you're drawing him later, uh -huh. you should make it, like, because salamander skin's kind of stretchy. It just looks like a tight t-shirt. It's like a leotard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's right. wearing a onesie. Right, right. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Uh, I hold on. I have to get my salamander tutu. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we're almost focused, guys. That was the hobby cast. Does the hobby cast? I think we're uh, we're going to go talk to Emma now. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. We haven't talked to her in like a month. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, Emma's good. really fun. She's one of our favorite guests. We're we're excited. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hasta la vista, babies. Talk to you later. Oh, wait. This podcast was brought to you by... Uh, Perry Perry. Who's Nando's Perry Perry. Who's, oh, that place that has the chicken. Yeah, I'm going there tomorrow. I don't know why. I don't like it very much. I'm a vegetarian. However, they sponsored this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a good night. Uh, we do great endorsements. Uh, all right. Cool.